Hi everyone, this is Dan Harding, Editor-in-Chief of Paramordia and Outboard Magazine. I recently wrote a logbook edit letter that seemed to really resonate with readers, which is funny because it was actually a letter I was really hesitant to write. You know, for a long time, I've been lucky enough to be the Editor-in-Chief of two Powerboat magazines, and I was always nervous to let readers know that I, in fact, was a sailboat owner. So, you know, with a little trepidation, I finally decided after selling the boat that I would just be brutally honest about my experience and hope the readers would forgive the lack of diesel. So funny enough, I've been getting a lot of letters, a lot of feedback from people that also got their start in sailboats and learned some great lessons from it. Uh, as always, really enjoy hearing from the readers and I figured why not provide an audio version? So today I'm gonna to be reading my column from the October issue of Paramordiat called A Sailing Story. It's a common yarn that the best days in a boater's life are the day they buy the boat and the day they sell it. And I can now say with certainty, that's bullshit. Buying the boat was way more fun. Now this is where I need to make a confession. My first boat was a 1961 Rhodes Chesapeake sailboat. Now, you need to understand when I bought the boat with my then girlfriend Karen, I was a newly minted associate editor in Rhode Island. My salary covered the bedroom I rented, one that, I kid you not, you had to walk through a bathroom to get to, and little else. Stories of adventure would come across my desk daily, and being new to the sailing capital of America, I became transfixed with the foreign beasts that silently glided through the water. After months of scouring Craigslist and climbing through one abandoned boat after another, I came across the roads. Now she needed some serious TLC, but like me, she was powered by a young heart, a 30 horsepower Yanmar diesel. Survey be damned, I bought the boat right then and there. And my first day as a sailor, it was a fortuitous one. With the previous owner aboard, we sailed the boat to Jamestown. It was a day that will forever be etched in my memory. Grabbing her wooden ship wheel, we sailed for what felt like hours. Karen and I were so enamored with our new boat that we had the previous owner take our picture. That snapshot hangs above my computer as I write and read this. It was all perfect. Until it wasn't. We doused the sails and as we approached the marina, I felt something land beside my foot. I reached down and picked up a spongy piece of wood. Now I looked aft and saw the previous owner looking up at the masthead. I followed his eyes skyward and saw the mass was starting to split like a banana peel, which turned out to be the result of water damage. Let's not dwell on what happened next except to say that it was a quiet and tense ride back to the seller's car. I didn't know much about sailing, but even I knew the mast is an important piece. When I looked to my new boatyard for help, they put a call into a wooden boat and mast builder in town named Jim Titus. I drove my old Honda into the boatyard to meet Jim and look at my mast. But as I came walking up to him, he had his back to me. I saw him make the sign of the cross as if reading my mass its last rites. My heart sank. I asked Jim point blank, what should I do? He looked at the mast, and then at me, and then at my car, and said, well, I don't see a New York Yacht Club sticker, so meet me at my shop tomorrow. After work the next day, I met him at his place just off the highway. Old masts and older boats filled two enormous sheds, Broken dreams were scattered everywhere. Sawdust covered the floor, tools were scattered about, and colorful characters and pets alike wandered around. 
To make a long story just a little bit shorter, Jim took pity on me. He said that if I rolled up my sleeves and did a lot of the work, he would charge me for the materials and little else to build a new wooden mast. That fall, winter, and spring, I spent my nights and weekends in those sheds, just another lost kid working on a project and getting an education that no school can offer. By the time summer rolled around, I had myself a new spruce mast that was the envy of the harbor. Building that mast with the help of a master carpenter who had no business taking me under his wing is one of my proudest accomplishments. For the next seven years, my now wife and I cruised and restored the boat with a huge amount of help from my parents who enabled this undertaking. And it's common at the end of a chapter to look back at the previous pages with rose-colored glasses. I've been doing a bit of that, remembering our first trip to Block Island, long leisurely sails on Narragansett Bay, and the day I asked Karen to marry me while on an overnight at the cove. But I also like to reflect on the unvarnished parts of owning a boat. The fights, the storms, the breakdowns, mental and literal, tired hands and sore backs, sunburns and hangovers. It was the work and the challenges that made the good times that much sweeter. In those first days of owning a boat, I cursed my decision and frugality and not getting a survey done. If I could go back in time and give that reckless kid one piece of advice, I would tell him not to change a thing. So that's it, guys. That was my edit letter, part confession, part part ramblings, but I hope you all enjoyed it. It was certainly from the heart. I enjoyed writing it for you guys, and again, appreciate everyone who reached out to me. I hope you enjoy the next column, which should be coming soon. Take care, guys. Bye.